Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. I see some of you checking in on Facebook. We've got our students and parents and teachers on YouTube. Uh, many of them have checked in already. Today, we'll continue our catechesis. We'll learn of Elisha, uh, the prophet who succeeded Elijah, remember, and see some of the things that happened today. One of the, I think, most fun stories, especially uh, if you're one of our younger people. You'll see why in a minute. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good. Let's say our memory verse for this week. Uh, say it after me. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right. Let's see if we can say it all together. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. All right, our psalm this week is Psalm 132. We say it together. Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my, eye, to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah, we found it in the fields of Jaar. Let us go to his dwelling place, let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 
All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach, and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, or bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, so this is probably a familiar text, especially uh, verse 19, uh, oft quoted, especially uh, these days when it comes to uh, medical tyranny and people telling you what you must do with your body. Uh, We as Christians often have this scripture at hand. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Uh, It's interesting to note the context, and we've been talking about this the last couple days, uh, which is that uh, Paul is talking uh, to a Christian congregation where there has been rampant sexual immorality, and he was explicit as to uh, the quite public example of this, um, probably, was that on Monday or was that last week Friday? Or not Monday, um, Wednesday or last week Friday? Either of the two. Um, And so he he did call that out uh, in particular, uh, but now he's speaking more broadly and saying that uh, these sorts of sins done in the body within the Christian congregation bring offense to the whole body. Right. Now, this is not a popular teaching because uh, you hear people in the world telling you constantly uh, that what we do in our home is between us, you know, uh, between husband and wife or between uh, two partners or it's just between me and God. Uh, what Paul is saying is that uh, outward sin done in the body, public sin done in the body brings offense to the whole congregation, to all the members of Christ, right? Uh, and so that. What's interesting here, this isn't often talked about, um, but in 19 and 20, it's not talking about your individual body. Although I think you can interpret that way and understand it that way, and it is true, um, this text in particular is talking about that the body of Christ, the Christian congregation, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about how um, both Jesus and Paul uses the picture of being built up as living, or Peter too, being built up as living stones into um, a holy sanctuary, right? It's that idea. So we collectively together are the body that is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We together as a Christian congregation were bought at a price and, and our body that is the Christian congregation is to glorify God um, in spirit as well, right? So that the those around us see us together as a congregation, as witnesses, the great works of God, all right? And so while it's true, um, we want to 
we want to correct those who have sinned in their body, right? Specifically here in this church, it was it was an outward sexual sin. Uh, we don't do so simply for their correction, but because it brings scandal and shame upon the whole congregation, right? And uh, it's not a not a day that goes by where um, I have to deal with some situation where um, the parents refuse to correct their children, and then the children come to me um, looking for the church to accept and include them um, while they're living in some kind of sexual sin. But at that point, the parents have uh, refused to uh, bring correction, and then what is the church to say? Right, and it brings it usually brings great uh, difficulty upon the whole congregation, and even can be quite divisive, and has been even in this church um, over the years. Right, uh, but it's right here. It's in Saint Paul, and he's uh, actually instructing and encouraging encouraging us to be attentive to that public outward sin that is done in the body. All right. Let's continue. Uh, not a long reading today, uh, but a fun one, I think. I think the children will like this one quite a bit. So pay attention. Second Kings chapter 2. Then the men of the city, that would be Jericho, said to Elisha, Please notice the situation in this, this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it there shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. Then he went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head. And so he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. Then he went from there to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. All right. So uh, the heading image, when you saw the title frame, Elisha performs miracles. Well, you can see the image of the bears with the little, with the little people. Um, excuse me. There we go performs miracles. Hmm, maybe not the kind of miracle that you would hope to, to read about, right? All right. So um, so now we're going to re- reverse course. Remember, we moved yesterday out to Jericho and then to the Jordan with Elijah and Elisha. And then Elisha leaves uh, with the 50 men of Jericho, um, leaves the Jordan. And now he's gone back to the city, right? Which we see right here in verse uh, verse 19, right? The men of the city said, look, at the city. What's the history of this city? Jericho. We've talked about it. Well, the, the famous story, of course, is with Joshua and the priests and the and all the people, and they walked around the temple, or excuse me, the city, the city walls seven times. On the seventh time, the walls fell on the seventh day, right? And then remember, there was a curse applied to that city. We talked about uh, maybe a week or two ago. And the curse was whoever rebuilt that city would have um, both their their oldest and their youngest son die. Their oldest at the building of the walls and the youngest at the setting up, up of the gate, right? So it had been placed under a curse, but then had been rebuilt under the wicked king Ahab, all right? So why was the water bad then and the land unproductive? Because of the curse, right? God had cursed um, the city and had said, do not rebuild it, and yet they did it anyway, 
Um, it is true that there's places where you probably shouldn't build <laughs> because in a sense they're cursed, right? There's no water, no fresh water. Um, and yet people still seem to want to build in places that don't make any sense and have unproductive land and have bad water. And yet they do it. Hmm. In this particular case, of course, they had God's word uh, of curse. But notice what Elisha does, right? What does he use? He uses a new bowl, right? Just freshly made. I don't know if that was out of, uh, carved out of wood or if it had been sculpted uh, as pottery, probably pottery, with salt, right? And then he threw the salt into the water. All right. So what purpose um, does salt have? Right. Just think, just generally speaking, not, not a scriptural use, just a physical use. What do we use salt for? Uh, salt is used um, to give flavor, of course. Um, but in the ancient world, especially, salt is used uh, to preserve, right? So you would pack salt on and, and dry out a piece of meat, but it would also keep it from uh, growing mold or other kinds of bacteria and preserve it. Um, if you've had beef jerky, you know, uh, that's just dried beef, but you would do it with salt. All right. So salt to preserve and salt to give flavor, right? Did the salt accomplish the healing of the water? No, it's not the salt that, that <laughs> accomplished the healing of the water. What accomplished the healing of the water? The key words here in verse 21, thus says the Lord, right? And then again in 22, according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. It wasn't the salt that did the thing. It was the word of God attached to the salt that made it a life-giving water. Of course, here you're thinking about baptism. Baptism is not just plain water, but it is water included in God's command and combined with God's word, right? So it is the word of God that makes baptism a life-giving water, much like it is the word of Elisha. And the salt is a sign, all right? Why did the water remain wholesome? Again, by or according to the word of Elisha. All right, and then one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's short, but it's also fun. Um, now, remember, he's reversing course. So he's going from Jericho. He went from Jordan to Jericho and now back to Bethel, right? Where he had meet, met some prophets there. And uh, what happens there? Yeah, they're a bunch of uh, youths, youths, as, they, as some people say, right? Who are uh, making fun of or jeering at Elisha, calling him a bald head, right? That was actually a sign of shame if you didn't have hair on your head um, in their context, right? Um, but, of course, this is an insult. And it's not just that they are making uh, fun of the prophet of God. Although that's true, uh, which which commandments do you think the youth are violating here? All right, well, it would be the third commandment for sure, right? Because he is a prophet of God's word, so he's despising the preacher of God's word. Okay. So be careful uh, making fun of your pastor. It's a joke, but there you go. All right, fourth commandment, right? Because the note here that they're youths, and Elijah, of course, or Elisha, excuse me, of course, being older. So this that's uh, honor your father and your mother, that is not just uh, despise your parents and other authorities, remember? So he's another authority. How about the fifth commandment? All right, do not murder, that is um, to, uh, to be angry or, or, or to hate is to, be, uh, to murder them in your heart. So we have that. 
Um, but especially here, we have the Eighth Commandment, probably the least uh, commonly well understood, or at least uh, the one that's uh, most often violated. Maybe not. But uh, the Eighth Commandment has to do with your neighbor's reputation, remember? Um, shall not bear false witness or give false testimony, right? So here they're, I don't know if he's bald or not, um, but they're not certainly building up his reputation or preserving him. And they're not controlling their tongues, but rather using their tongues um, to be to, to do violence through words against their neighbor, which you can do with words, right? All right. And then the fun part, of course, uh, Elisha pronounces a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Yeah, sassy kids or bullies. I, I like the comment chat there. Uh, and two bears come out of the woods and mauled the 42 infants, which is kind of terrible, I suppose, right? But why? Uh, th there's actually a, con a uh, companion story that goes with this one, right? And uh, it'll help you understand if we put the two side by side. All right, so here the children are mauled by the bears because they have despised uh, the word of the Lord and the one whom the Lord has sent to preach that word to them, all right? Now, we should set this in contrast when it comes to the bears to a previous story, and that's of David. Um, and remember, he recalls this, uh, David, and when he's in Saul's um, court, right? He's the musician in Saul's court, that he tells Saul this story. Um, actually, no, this is before that. This is with uh, before he goes to slay Goliath. He recalls the story, right? David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion, or a, here it is, a bear, came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. Right? And remember, David's a youth here. Right? He's a young person. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. All right? So unlike these youth, uh, the youth, youthful David was delivered from the bear, right? Because of his faithfulness to the Lord, right? And these are mauled because of their unfaithfulness. This is often... Um, you know, a difficulty with God's word for us is that God um, does exercise punishment, wrath against the unbeliever. Right? And God is just in this. We think that God should just allow everybody to do whatever they want to do, because that's really what he wants. We want him to do for us. But um, there is no repentance in that sort of scheme. And then God is unjust. Right? If there's no, if God is not going to punish those who violate his word, and we don't get to determine what is the severity of that, um, then he's no longer faithful to his own word, no longer just, right? Um, the thing that uh, we take most comfort in is not that he, um, or not that he is just, because of course that's a terrifying thing, that he does punish sin and wickedness and evil and unbelief, right? It's that he shows mercy for a time, right? That's the thing that encourages us, is that he spares us of what we deserve for a time, for the sake of repentance and the forgiveness of sins, All right? These kids are persistently in unbelief, would be my assumption. All right, so let's have a meditation on the text. Jericho had been rebuilt during the days of Elijah in spite of the curse upon it. Now Elisha's first act was to bring healing to its waters and restore productivity. 
So John the Baptist had been baptized with a baptism of repentance, or had baptized with a baptism of repentance, and the baptism of Christ bestows the riches of heaven itself, as John had promised. Jesus sprinkles the salt of the preached word throughout the world to bring preservation or life to the world. This salt also brings out good taste from the dust of death. The youths failed to see that Elisha brought life through the preaching of God's word. The attack of the she-bear is a mark of the way God will destroy all who attack the preaching of the gospel. As the baptized children of God, we are called to hear his preaching and draw all life from it, lest we be destroyed like ancient Jericho. All right. I don't see any questions. I know it's kind of a fun story, but there you go. And uh, this theme of uh, destruction of unbelievers is something that uh, will be part of our church's preaching going into the end of the church here. So uh, you heard that last Sunday, and you'll hear more of that, especially um, in the Wednesdays and Sunday services going forward uh, until the Sunday, uh, until the first Sunday in Advent. We're really into Advent a little bit too, but (laughs) we'll get to that. All right. Our catechism this week is the explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. Let's say it together. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives uh, me, or forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give unto me and all believers in Christ, give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. All the me's and my's, I got them a little confused there. All right, we'll keep working on that. Uh, we'll have it next week as well when we're back in person. All right, let's pray. O Holy Spirit, we cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to him. Call us to faith by Jesus, uh, in Jesus, by the gospel. Enlighten us every day with your gifts of baptism, absolution, and the Lord's Supper. And sanctify and keep us and the whole Christian church on earth with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Forgive us our sins every day and give us the blessed hope of the resurrection to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray the collect for this week. Almighty God, we implore you, show your mercy to your humble servants, that we who put no trust in our own merits may not be dealt with after the severity of your judgment, but according to your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On this Thursday, we pray for the church and her pastors, for all missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray today in Thanksgiving with Kim, Dennis, Wendell, Katie, and uh, Christy, all who celebrate their birthday. We also pray for the households of our church this week for Ray and Suzanne, Ron, Michael, Tanya, Brandon, and Don and Jean. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Kelsey, Ron, Joel, Amanda, Dan, Timothy, and Janice, 
Sandy, Ken, Norman, Sandy, Kathy, Jim and Elaine, and Mike. We pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially for the Federowitz family. We ask the Lord for victory over the world for us. And we pray with those who are grieving, especially the family and friends of Reverend Herzog. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Today is also a commemoration, that of Martin of Tours, who was a pastor, um, also the uh, namesake for Martin Luther, and uh, also a veteran. So today is Veterans Day, so it's appropriate to have him remembered today. Born into a pagan family in what is now Hungary around AD 316, Martin grew up in Lombardy, that is Italy. Coming to the Christian faith as a young person, he began a career in the Roman army. But sensing a call to a church vocation, Martin left the military and became a monk, affirming that he was, quote, Christ's soldier. Eventually, Martin was named Bishop of Tours in Western Gaul, that is France. He is remembered for his simple lifestyle and his determination to share the gospel throughout rural Gaul. Incidentally, on St. Martin's Day in 1483, the one-day-old son of Hans and Marguerite Luther was baptized and given the name Martin Luther. We pray. Lord God of hosts, your servant Martin the soldier embodied the spirit of sacrifice. He became a bishop in your church to defend the Catholic faith. Give us grace to follow in his steps so that when our Lord returns, we may be clothed with the baptismal garment of righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing our All Saints Day hymn for for our memory work this week. Um, Again, try to commit to memory stanzas one, four, and five. We'll just, I think we, yeah, it's already 9.30, so let's just sing stanzas one, four, and five. Oh, 
has wiped away their tears for ever. They have that for which we still endeavor. By them are chanted songs that ne'er to mortal ears were All right, good to have you all with us. Good to have you children. I see you there on YouTube and teachers, parents, as well as, of course, our congregation, many of whom are on uh, the Facebook and uh, checked in on the chat there. Michael, Karen, Gus and Eileen, Don and Karen, you're welcome. And uh, you can join us again tomorrow for Congregation Prayer at 9 a.m. And we'll continue uh, with Elisha and another story of water. All right, so we'll see you then. God be with you all.